So this, as I mentioned, uses the latest uh, technology to identify your beneficial flora, your imbalanced flora, your commensal, and your dysbiotic flora. So there's three categories. And what this means, the beneficial flora is the billions and billions of microflora that have these health-promoting effects. And many times I find that people say to me, you know, I feel fine. And yet when they take the test, they have a lot of imbalances that have not yet shown up as symptoms. Any drug, as a matter of fact, prescription drugs kill off the terrain. They kill off, we're talking about, you know, the terrain, the environment, which is the seed of health, the garden. So at all prescription drugs, even over the counter, taking Advil once a day will deplete your beneficial bacteria and everything that you've built up. You know, the, the highest papers were delivered is that you must eat 100% organic at this point, no matter what you do. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. Brian Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Brian Muncy is my go-to guy. Brian Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Brian Muncy's an innovator. Happy Thursday, Optimal Performers. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. We have a really, really cool episode for you today. We are joined by Christine Roche, and we're actually going to talk about my poop, your poop, and what it means for gut health, uh, overall health. Uh, Christine, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here, Ryan. So before we uh, dive in, a um, couple of housekeeping notes for you guys. As always, number one, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post um, with the video for this podcast, along with any of the pertinent links and resources. Uh, Christine does offer a very, very uh, powerful and, and great tool for our health. It is a poop test. Uh, we'll have a link to that on our blog post for this. Uh, that's the test that we're going to be talking about today. I've done it. We're going to go over my results with you guys um, on the air. Uh, so go to naturalstacks.com for the blog post for this, and you'll have the links there for the special offer that we've got for you there. Uh, number two, go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show. Uh, if the OPP, if this episode or the podcast in general is helping you, please think about the people in your life who would benefit from this and enjoy this, share it with them. Uh, you know, that's how we spread this message. That's how we help and, and reach more people. Uh, if we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free product. Uh, I'm going to read one right now from Q Marks. This was uh, left on February 21st. It says, awesome podcast. This is by far the most informative and educational podcast out there right now. If you are interested in optimizing your health, learning what really works and what doesn't, 
great guests every week. Ryan is doing an amazing job focusing on the newest and best breakthroughs in healthy optimization. The guests are all top in their field and truly provide life-changing and insightful information. Keep up the awesome work and best products available with only the best ingredients. I really learn something useful every time. No BS ever. You rock. So Q marks. Thank you for that. Christine, no pressure after you're hearing that review, right? Uh, Q marks, shoot me an email, ryan at naturalstacks.com. We'll hook you up with some free natural stacks products. Um, Christine, let's do this. Uh, I think bios are, are boring. So rather than reading yours for our listeners, why don't you tell us about your background? Uh, what brought you to your current practice of functional testing and functional healthcare? Ryan went after I graduated from Stanford University. I worked at, at the medical center in researching in cardiovascular surgery and family practice. And um, at that time, we were studying, you know, how satisfied patients were with the, with the system, the general system of being seen by a doctor there and, you know, the treatment plan, the outcome. And um, as I was interviewing physicians, students, I was, we were also designing a course on how to, you know, be more effective for medical students. What I realized is that in all, all across the board, that really no one was looking at how the client's nutrition was, how their lifestyle was, you know, the functioning. It was all about diagnosis. Let's get the diagnosis and let's get them the drugs. So I, I worked at Stanford for 10 years developing programs, teaching physicians actually in different parts of stress management, nutrition, um, education. And then I was offered a position working side by side with the best uh, functional medicine doctors. And that's where I learned that there's a whole different way of doing healthcare. I'm originally from Europe. So what I loved is that in this clinic that I worked at, I was able to see how functional medicine impacts thousands of people every year in a completely different way for lasting results. Yeah, and, and this is something we, we've touched on this before on the podcast, but never really in depth. How would you explain to our listeners the difference between functional healthcare and, you know, quote unquote, the traditional healthcare system or model? So, so what's happened is that, you know, the, the traditional system is very much based on the pharmaceutical, giving people pharmaceuticals. So what medical students learn in school is how to make a good diagnosis and, and standard medicine shines in terms of if you need surgery, you break a bone. For example, if you have a heart attack, you know, your life is safe. Drugs are wonderful for people with emergencies um, where there is um, surgery is needed, you know, and we've had incredible um, innovations in technology in terms of uh, the results now of surgery, which means that the conditions are already pretty far advanced at that point. So what, what we're seeing is that in Europe and other countries where the government pays for healthcare, or where it's not a, you know, um, for-profit enterprise, mm -hmm. the functional system has predominated all along, you know, do no harm. It's all based on plant-based medicine, herbal, let the patient be healed, 
with natural remedies, yes, if surgery is essential, you know, that, that's what happens. But it's really important to know that the evolution of medicine has been towards this very, very sophisticated for-profit. For example, each test is 5,000 or 10,000. And many of my clients say, why am I getting a CT scan just for a little thing? Or why am I getting an antibiotic for every throat infection? Well, it's because the whole system is towards generating the most profit. It is not for our health, it's for the profit. And so functional medicine, which has been out there now for about 25 years, um, and you can go to functionalmedicine.org to read more information about it, but there's thousands of physicians now trained by Dr. Andrew Weil every year in his clerkships on a field where we actually look at how the body's functioning before illness develops or hopefully catch it in the intermediate stages so that we want to make sure that the functioning um, is assessed at every level. So before you need surgery, before you get cancer, why not check out the terrain of the body? So what I loved, Ron, is I worked in Europe side by side and studied with the best preventive medicine docs for 20 years. And so part of what I'm bringing to this is this extensive background in clinics with physicians who actually looked at the markers, for example, to prevent cancer or the GI disease, there's certain markers you look at before the tumor develops, before inflammatory bowel disease sets in. And that's what's the most cost effective. Wouldn't we want to catch it before it develops rather than once we get it, it shows up on a CT scan? I certainly would. Um, and, and I'm going to ask you about that specific test, uh, but we'll hold that for later because I know that's going to come up when we go through my results. Um, so for you guys listening, I have taken this test and we are going to go over my results. Uh, but I want to highlight something that you just kind of said in that answer, Christine, that I don't think I've heard somebody say quite the way you did, where, you know, in, in the countries where the government pays for health care, it's in their best interest to, you know, go the route that saves them money. And that is usually, as you just pointed out, that's the preventative route. Um, as opposed to you know what we see here in the U.S., where you know, you have the big pharma machine that is a money making monster, and that that's just it's really interesting to hear you say it that way. So, yes, Ryan, I just want to add briefly one aspect, which is that even comparing the testing for different symptoms in the U.S. In, in here, they use CT scans, you know, five to $10,000. In Europe, they use ultrasounds and thermography. Thermography detects things very early, inflammatory changes for a couple of hundred dollars. CT, you know, is, you know, 10 to 100 times more expensive and detects it at the end stage. So this is the same with what we're talking about here, just an analogy. Well, I mean, if you are just telling me that in my head, my, my first response is, well, why? But I mean, you just covered that. It's, it's all about money. That's okay. Yeah. We, we won't, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I, that's, it's very frustrating. Um, yeah. So let's talk specifically about uh, this poop test that, that we're going to go through. I feel like it has to have a, a more appropriate name than what I'm calling it. But uh, if it does, what is the name of this and, and what makes this particular test uh, the most comprehensive and, and scientifically validated test? Yes, uh, Ryan, it's the doctor's data, you know, comprehensive digestive stool analysis. After working in the clinics with many, many different tests, what I found is that this comprehensive digestive analysis 
actually is the most advanced, uses the most advanced culture methods. The CEO of this company, as opposed to other companies, has made many changes. And what they're actually using is something called the MALDI, A-M-D-L-I hyphen TOF, T-O-F method, which stands for Matrix Assisted Laser Absorption Ionization, Time of Flight mass spectrometry. This is the latest equipment. And when I compared others in terms of not just cost effectiveness, but lasting outcome, because I retest my, my clients every year, you know, once a year, whether they're healthy or not. So this is a, this is actually um, NASA was actually, it's been used by NASA, this technology. So it can detect microorganisms even in launch vehicles. So it's the, the latest state of the art. It was ranked third last year in the Cleveland's Clinic Top 10 Medical Innovations List, wow. which is a list of medical innovations, you know, that, that will improve the best care. And it also has something called a uh, reference database. So it's a lot more sensitive than all the other testing, can identify over 1,200 species of bacteria and yeast, and also looks for many other things that we'll go through when we go through your test, not just, you know, one area. That's pretty fascinating. And just to clarify for our listeners, I think you told me when we did my test that you actually send the stool to Europe. It goes to Germany, right? This particular test goes to the United States, to Chicago. Yeah, the lab okay. is based in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, we talked about many different tests. The, if there is a certain result that shows up in this test, then the, then we'll do another poop sample, send it to Germany. So that's okay. the next step. Yeah, so okay. it's a tiered process. First, the listeners will take this test, depending on what shows up. You know, it either goes to Germany or not. And then we go to third step if we need to. So there's there's a tiered process that happens that we work with. Okay, gotcha. Um, so... I mean, for our listeners, I mean, this, this test is, is very, very profound. It, it tells us a lot about, um, you know, our health, like Christine is talking about, you know, you're getting a glimpse of what's going on now and hopefully well before there are any, you know, significant health concerns or issues. Uh, but the test was, was really, really simple. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's as easy as ordering it. It shows up in your mailbox. You bring it from your mailbox to your home. Uh, you collect your stool sample. Everything you need to send it back is already in the package that you receive. You put it back in the package and you mail it back. And in a few weeks, you get an email and says, we have your results. Here they are. Let's set up a time. You get on the phone and you go through your results. You get that consultation with, with Christine or somebody else there at the team. Did I miss anything on the, the experience um, or the process? That's pretty much the main thing is that it is so well that the instructions are very well defined and FedEx will actually pick it up from your home if you call the day before. So you even don't have to, you know, do anything except wait for it to arrive, take it at home, ask us any questions and FedEx will pick it up and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. And when you get your consult um, as a listener, it will be private. Mine is not going to be private. It's going to be in front of all of you guys listening. Uh, Christine has already taken me through uh, the, the highlights of this. We're going we're gonna to talk about everything that's examined and, and my results specifically, what all this stuff means. But if you guys are watching on video, this is what your results will look like. I have it printed out. You also get this emailed as a PDF. Um, Christine, let's, uh, let's talk about my results. Uh, I will preface this and say that uh, I consider myself an optimizer. I do 
everything that I can possibly do to be as healthy as possible. Um, Christine has told me that I have better test result than, than most. Um, my response to that is I think I should based on, you know, my position and, and everything that I'm doing to try to optimize my health. But, um, Christine, let's, let's go through this. Yes. So to begin with, as Ryan was showing you, the top part um, is the bacteriology assessment. And uh, so, so this, as I mentioned, uses the latest uh, technology to identify your beneficial flora, your imbalanced flora, your commensal, and your dysbiotic flora. So there's three categories. And what this means, the beneficial flora is the billions and billions of microflora that have these health-promoting effects. And many of you may have heard of, you know, some of these bacteria like lactobacillus, you know, a lot of you have heard about. And what these are is these bacteria are essential, actually, in helping you manufacture your vitamins, ferment your fibers, absorb your nutrients. In other words, if those aren't right, you may not be absorbing or digesting your food properly, no matter how great you feel. And many times I find that people say to me, you know, I feel fine. And yet when they take the test, they have a lot of imbalances that have not yet shown up as symptoms. So the ideal part for the listeners is to catch this before you have GI symptoms. You know, we see a lot of people at my center for heartburn and, you know, lots of other diarrhea, constipation. But this is interesting that the bacteria will may or may not cause symptoms in those stages, in the early stages. And the key factor is that if you want to prevent degenerative disease and upregulate your immune system, downregulate your inflammatory factors, no matter how well you eat, this test helps you with getting the right assessment of what bacteria need to make anti-tumor and anti-inflammatory factors. So we forget that the seat of our entire health, Ryan, is in the gut and that actually all disease, you know, rheumatoid arthritis has been now found to be linked to missing species of gut bacteria. Hashimoto's thyroiditis and autoimmune disorder and MS, lupus, everything is now pointing to the New York Times had it, you know, Forbes had it, all the magazines are now printing that these key bacteria is what is needed in terms of actually preventing brain degeneration and healthy, you know, the health is totally impacted now by these particular species. So most people, like for example, Ryan, has a, you want to get a three or a four plus in that, in the expected beneficial flora. And Ryan has a really good test based on his taking all the measures that he's taking exceptional. Most of the people, and he does have an NG, which means no growth, a zero on the Escherica coli, which is a positive bacteria. Um, however, he's got a four plus on the bifida, three on the lacto. Yeah, he could be a four plus on all of them, but you're, you're, you know, you're really doing well. So this means that you, Ryan, are, you know, able to really make use of your nutrients. Your nutrients are absorbed. They're properly digested and your inflammation levels would be impacted by this as well as your ability to really protect your body against chronic disease, which starts at any age. We have to protect, you know, even if you're 25, you have to start working on that. Now, the, the middle area is the imbalanced flora. 
And that, in his case, he's got a couple of imbalanced flora there, meaning that, you know, the like the gamma hemolytic strep, the citrobacter, the beta strep, group A and B, those are things that I'm working on with Ryan to get rid of those, because those are the beginnings of, which would then later on lead to more inflammation, poor digestion, brain fog, fatigue, you know, other symptoms. The next one, if you hold that one up, now this was a surprise to us. To the listeners, this is an example. He's got a four plus, the highest level on a dysbiotic bacteria, which is a pathogenic bacteria that can eventually cause systemic disease. So here is healthy, totally healthy. I mean, great. Usually we don't see that, but it's because of what you do that we have somebody with this type of, usually people have lower in the expected beneficial and if they have a four plus, but this four plus you could have picked up with any kind of, you can get that even if you drink tap water a couple of times, you, you can pick it up from water, food. It can also be from being in a hospital, visiting someone, you know, touching any surfaces. And you can also get it from various other sources. But he does, this is one of the, the Citrobacter Freundi. If un, if un left unchanged over the years can lead to autoimmune disorder. So the research shows that most of these pathogenic bacteria eventually override, depending on your overall health condition, override the gut barrier. And it has to do with you can actually get chronic disease over time. Like, for example, rheumatoid arthritis is always correlated with a couple of these four pluses in all the research data. So yeah. here's a question for you on my test results specifically, Christine. This is not something that, that I've discussed with you yet. Um, when I took this uh, stool sample, uh, at that time, I was still eating a few foods that I have since removed from my diet. Uh, I took another test. It was a food intolerance test, and that'll be a, an upcoming podcast that, that we have. Those foods have been removed from my diet, and you know I've noticed that I feel better. I have less joint pain. I've seen a, a, a decrease in systemic inflammation. Could those? Could the presence of those foods in my diet be the reason that I have this plus four in the dysbiotic section? Yes, uh, as yes, absolutely. You know, carbohydrates. For the listeners, white flour, white sugar feeds, the citrobacter feeds on that. So anytime that you see even a in the middle an imbalanced flora, but when you have a, something in the pink, this dysbiotic bacteria loves carbohydrates of all kinds that are refined. It feeds on sugars, it feeds on sweeteners, and that's how it stays alive and multiplies. So for this to get a four plus, Ryan, you would have had to... It starts out at a one plus or two plus. So over the years, you were feeding it just the right food that it would get to a four plus. Thank you for asking that. That's a great okay. question. And yeah. for, but for the record, I don't eat any white processed carbohydrates or sugar. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that it was either tap water in Flint, Michigan. Um, yes. Just kidding. I've yes. not been to Flint, Michigan. No. <laughs> or, or the foods that, that maybe I have since removed. And yes. uh, I'm being intentionally vague on what those foods are because I want to release that on that podcast coming up. But, but let's yeah. just say that they were foods that I recommend to other people and I thought were fine for me, but I found out I have an intolerance for them. A yes. um, couple other things I want to highlight while we're in this section. 
you know, you mentioned that, you know, I had some really good results. I just want to share for our listeners some of the things that I do uh, as, you know, sort of practices to improve gut health. I do not, do not take a probiotic. Uh, that is something that may change in the future, but at the moment, uh, I have not been introduced to one that I know and trust. Christine may be able to change that. Um, natural sex may be able to change that in the future. Um, but for now, I'm not using a probiotic. I eat some kind of fermented food every single day, tons and tons of raw organic sauerkraut. Uh, I do bone broth a lot. Uh, so you know, these are things that, that we know improve the gut. Um, basically everything else that we talk about on the Optimal Performance Podcast and, and on the Natural Stacks uh, newsletter, all of these things are things that I'm doing, the things that we recommend for you guys. So um, this is proof. We know that they do work. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, Christine, you said prior to collecting the stool sample, if I'm taking a probiotic, I need to stop for two weeks prior to collecting the stool sample. Um, I was not taking one, so that was not an issue for me. But if our listeners are doing that, why would they need to stop taking the probiotic? Um, we want to get a baseline of where they are. So when they stop 14 days, it will show what bacteria has colonized and successfully taken hold. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So would that mean that if you're, if you're taking a probiotic, that if you stop, you would lose the, the, the flora that you have, that microbiome would actually change. So in my mind, that makes me think that if you're relying on a probiotic for that, that it's not really your microbiome, that you just, you have to constantly keep putting that in to, to have that environment. You know, it depends on the health status of the person. I want to emphasize that because you're robustly healthy, Ryan, you can use the sauerkraut and bone broth and everything. Mm -hmm. Most of my, uh, the clients who have already, um, beginning in immediate advanced gut disease are not able to create the beneficial flora just from those prebiotics themselves. I mean, the prebiotics, what you're talking about, feed your natural bacteria. They keep feeding it and help you to, he already had all that good natural bacteria. But if you have a lot of stress, stress kills off the good and also, you know, potentiates that citrobacter. So somebody, let's say, who drinks tap water and is stressed, and it's already really depleted. I have, I have done a lot of research. I share your concern about probiotics. I also do customized species for people that relate to their health profile. So when we do our consult, we do an extensive evaluation of what your health is. And people with more inflammation and poor health and who have certain risk factors are not able to use the prebiotics alone. Yeah, I find it does not take. Similarly, when you stop the two weeks, it just shows what your own body's health is, your own resiliency. Then it will show what your true flora is okay. at that point. Yeah. And, and something else, we'll cover this towards the end when, when we talk about some concerns with colonoscopies, but, but we know that, that there are certain practices involved with colonoscopies that completely wipe out, wipe out the microbiome. We know that antibiotics uh, can wipe out the microbiome. There are a lot of things that can completely erase one's uh, microbiome, and, and that would deplete you of your probiotics. And, and, and at that point, it may be a good idea to, you know, begin the rebuilding process with probiotics, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think after a colonoscopy or even, you know, anytime you're getting um, antibiotics that you must take, uh, you want to take the probiotic from day one right away. And there are certain species that work better. And that's what I've been specializing in is looking at the health history and looking at exactly what species. Otherwise, it's like you're shooting in the dark, hit and miss bacteria. It's more like there's extensive data on certain bacteria for certain conditions. So I look at that and then customize it and actually have it put together in a way that really works for people. Okay, so let's highlight this. If, if our listeners ever have to take antibiotics, you would recommend taking a probiotic the very day that you start yes. antibiotics. Yes, okay. that's a key. Any drug, as a matter of fact, prescription drugs kill off the terrain. They kill off, we're talking about you know the terrain, the environment, which is the seed of health, the garden. So the, at all prescription drugs, even over the counter, taking Advil once a day will deplete your beneficial bacteria and everything that you've built up. Wow. Okay. Uh, I did not know Advil did that. It's interesting. Yeah, all the over-the-counters depleted, and then that leaves you vulnerable. The terrain is very barren and vulnerable for dysbiotic bacteria to take hold. And this is, you know, the whole system of let's keep our terrain healthy so that we don't need to go to drugs. But once the terrain is barren, then it's vulnerable, and then we need to go to, to much stronger measures. Well, so, so this is really interesting because, you know, maybe my test results are as much about what I'm not doing as what I am doing for gut health. Because, I, you know, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been on an antibiotic, I've not done a colonoscopy, and, you know, I'm not taking, I don't take Advil or anything like that. So, you know, maybe it, it, it's as much about not doing the things that, you know, wipe out the microbiome. Exactly. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So there you guys go. Um, let's go. Uh, you mentioned specific strains of probiotics. I know that's a, a huge area where you specialize and have amazing knowledge there. One of the first things that, that we talked about way back when, when we got first into contact was you are doing some really cool things with certain strains of probiotics that can help with certain uh, brain and neurological conditions. Can we say uh, the names of those uh, conditions or, or should we leave it ambiguous? Uh, yeah, sure. I would just say that, you know, like, for example, I'll give you this example, the bifida longum. Yeah, bifidobacteria longum is a bacteria that has incredible results with uh, some of the chronic diseases, you know, so, um, so I find that, but, but it's also, you know, there's so many different species of the bifida, bifida and, and the longum happens to be one of them that works a lot with brain fog and with brain issues. Um, and then there's other species that, you know, they found, for example, in Alzheimer's patients, you know, that they have very, con Alzheimer's and dementia have, are missing, you know, one of hundreds of lactobacillus that colonize the gut. They are missing one or two that are absolutely critical. And I can send you that information, Ryan, to post if you want or something sure. like that. Sure, we, we would yeah. absolutely love to have that on the blog post mm -hmm. for this podcast. As I looked for my recent at Silicon Valley, I had all of the, you know, the, the research, I did extensive research for the newest research on these bacteria. And, and yeah. for you guys listening, that's how we came across Christine. She spoke at the Silicon Valley Health Institute recently. Um, and uh, so are those specific strains 
that you just mentioned, are they, do they show up anywhere on this stool test? Would we know um, if we have them or how much? Yes, yes. So basically, um, what, when, if, when those, you know, like the bacteria, like the ones you see right here, those specific strains that are there, mm -hmm. those are like the larger groups. If you can see it as groupings, right. so the larger group and then there's subgroups. So this one so, is the, the bifidobacterium. Yes. Is yes. A, so a these cool. are the most important highlight groups. And okay. that means if you have those intact, you're also going to have a lot of the subgroups intact. In so terms I, of that. So, so those are the main ones. I mean, it, it you know, there's certain he headings listed because mm -hmm. they're not, because they're doing so many other things that, uh, but this would, if, if you have no dysbiosis or if you have, you know, these different areas and you're at a four plus, then you do have the, the most important ones that are listed there. But if you have a chronic disease, then we would look deeper, you know, we might send your poop to Europe and look more deeper with, with this other thing, you know. So. so so right now I have a plus four in the bifidobacterium, which yes. would include that bifida longum. Yes, yes, exactly. My yeah. gut biome right now is as solid as we would want it to be for the prevention. For that particular species, yes. Uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Exactly, like dementia, right. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so for people interested in brain health and optimization, this is really, really cool. So if you guys are listening, uh, you know, your poop can tell you a lot about the future of your brain. Uh, Christine, let's, let's keep going through the rest of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next part um, is the yeast culture. And this is where Ryan really shines. Uh, there's a, a yeast culture down, no yeast isolated and a microscopic yeast. I would say 99.9% .9 I see yeast in everyone, no matter, I mean, at the healthiest athletes at 25 have reported yeast. The reason for that is, and I want to mention right now, the glyphosate um, issue, just to say that glyphosate actually kills off the terrain and causes the yeast proliferation. I just went to a medicine symposium this weekend on glyphosate and what can be done about it. And one of the keys that came out of it after, you know, the, the highest papers were delivered is that you must eat 100% organic at this point, no matter what you do, because they, this overgrowth, even though you've got a four plus on the Friday, you have no yeast isolated, no microscopic yeast, which is unheard of in most people. And it is propagated by the GMOs, by the glyphosates, and also by the super drugs and everything that people are exposed to. You know, most of my clients have taken one or other drug, have some type of encounter, you know, in that way, and the yeast will start growing. And what's interesting, Ryan, is that unless you do the right prebiotics and the right fibers, it will not feed those good bacteria that you were just holding up mm -hmm. have to be fed by the prebiotics. So people think, oh, it's fine. I can just take an over-the-counter probiotic and I'm okay. No, unless you feed them with kimchi, with the sauerkraut, with bone broth, and you're constantly cultivating that, the yeast will still prevail. So we have a, a whole program that I'm not going to go into now, but if the listeners have had yeast issues, this is the test to take. And, and what's so great about it is that we actually get a culture that they actually culture the exact yeast and show you which natural substances will kill it. So we'll go into that when we culture your citrobacter. You know, we're going to go through this. We'll show what his bacterial susceptibility is for citrobacter, which is later on. But just to let you know that if you have any yeast showing up, 
This lab will deliver exactly what natural products will kill your specific yeast. And then I will work with you on how to do that with nutrition and yeast. Uh, And that's that's something else I I do want to highlight that. So, you know, now that I have my results, this doesn't end. Christine is actually, uh, she has prescribed me a few things. We'll talk about that as we get towards the end of this, what exactly I will be doing going forward to increase my gut health even more. Um, you know, there, there are a few issues. We've got a couple of them coming up that we're going to address. Um, but you know, I, I would also be willing to venture a guess that a lot of our listeners would have, um, better than quote unquote normal test results because our listeners are, you know, optimizers. They're, they're people who are, you know, trying to avoid antibiotics and, and doing all these things for gut health and, you know, avoiding glyphosate, eating organic, you know, those th- types of things. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think a lot of you guys listening will have, uh, probably very similar, you know, uh, outstanding results if, if you go through this test, but, um, Christine, let's go, we'll go to page yes. two. Yes, we'll go to page two. I also want to mention the retest because Ryan is going to be implementing a few things that I'm giving you and then he retests in three to six months. So this is always something we'll touch on it and, again. Yeah, and we can have you back on and, and let you guys hear you know, how my, how my school are. improves. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the next part is critical. That This is really unique what Dr. Stata is offering here, which is the, his digestion absorption markers, which are stellar. Uh, the first one is the elastase, and that shows the amount of pancreatic enzymes you have and if your pancreas is working properly to digest. And, you know. and so um, basically people have um, different chronic disease, they're going to have lower last days. So, and the pink means it's out of balance. So when I look at Ryan's, you know, that next page, he's got everything in the green, which is the green light for health. Fantastic. And so elastase is pancreatic sufficiency, fat stains. Now he does show a few fat stains, which we're going to address, which means that there's a little bit of fat malabsorption. And so we are going to address that, that you could, you would not um, absorbing your fats optimally. And I will say, uh, you know, something that I've thought of since you and I first talked about this, I, and I've kind of looked back at what I've been doing. And for a long, long time, I've done a morning detox drink. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the um, show notes for you guys listening. Um, we've, we've actually done a YouTube video showing exactly how I make it. But one of the things that I always put in there was uh, lemon juice with warm water and a few other ingredients. But the lemon juice was to help with bile production for uh, fat absorption. And um, I've actually gotten away from that. I haven't been drinking that first thing in the morning for a few months now um, because of some of my keto experiments. I've been drinking uh, exogenous ketones first thing in the morning. And I can't help but wonder if some of that is related to not drinking that um, warm water and lemon juice first thing in the morning. Yes, it may be, although I think that the way that this microscopic effect is, the way that they um, that they assess the fat absorption and so on is more broader based. So I do think it's affecting it. However, I would still say that, you know, the enzymes we talked about and so on for the fat would be important. Okay. Yeah. And then next is muscle fibers, which means that there's signs of, you know, if you have bloating, flatulence, you know, increase in muscle fibers, he has none. Vegetable fibers, he has rare. So that just means, you know, sometimes you get so busy, you might be eating a little bit too quickly or eating on the run or something. You know, it catches you right there saying, you know, slow down, chew more, 
And then carbohydrates, again, if you're positive there, it means carb malabsorption. We really need to look at. So this is a 3D picture, folks, of your whole digestion. Are you absorbing your food? Are you digesting it properly? Do you need digestive enzymes? Do you need pancreatic enzymes? How and, does that look? And we, we so you mentioned the, the enzyme there. What, what enzyme are we going to be moving forward with for the... Uh, yes, we're going to be using the transformation enzymes that I love in terms of I've used them for the fat malabsorption specifically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next section is inflammation. Yes, inflammation. Now, this is the key. This is what where this test really shines. So, so what I found in my research and with all the clinics, years before a disease manifests, colon cancer, you know, other types of chronic disease, there will be an increase in the lactoferrin and the calprotectin. The lactoferrin and calprotectin, which Ryan is normal, when that starts to go up, it is a good predictor that the colon is starting to get pretty inflamed. And this is one of the signs of most chronic disease, especially if you have some kind of colon disease, that when those two markers are up, every patient then was found to have chronic bowel disease or some type of disease. So this is your protection. Your lactoferrin, calprotectin, lysozyme are your key markers that show up nowhere else before you would have any symptoms, early stage detection of all kinds of chronic disease that would manifest. So, so two questions for you on this. One, is this the section where when we were going through this on the phone that you said this would be your preference uh, as opposed to colonoscopy? This is a better um, This, uh, so I want to, um, first of all, mention that, you know, um, what has happened in medicine, and, and this is so important about this test, Ryan, why don't you hold up the third page of the occult blood down here at the bottom, since you're asking this question. Okay. Um, see that tiny little marker there that says occult blood? In his case, of course, it's negative. That's your colon cancer screening test. So this test does show that because a positive occult blood means free hemoglobin in the stool. Uh, basically, the occult blood means the blood is higher up than just, you know, in the lower part of the colon. It's a very serious health marker. It can also happen when you have... Um, you know, a lot of different, when you already have a really inflamed colon and you have diverticulosis, you can sometimes have a cold blood show up. Um, one of the things that I want to say is that um, most people that come see me because of the downside of colonoscopy, meaning all their floor gets wiped out, and there's a very high risk in certain states in this country of perforation you know, uh, in doing colonoscopy and some damage being done to the colon. In the Bay Area, I have some names of people. So if folks are here, I can give them the names of people if they ever needed it, who are the top proctologists in the country. Um, but I think that this test is a test of functioning. It will give you great information whether you're heading towards the need for a colonoscopy. However, there are some people when I see their history, you know, both parents had colon cancer, uh, we, send, we send the poop to Europe then because, as I said, they take this first, then the poop goes to Europe, and they have a very, very conclusive test whether or not a scope is needed or not. First, you still do that. Yeah. Okay. So what exactly are they doing in Europe that, that, they, were, that they would find that, that it's not being done 
in, in the U.S. on this test? It's, it's a DNA assessment, a very thorough DNA assessment. It's similar to the occult blood here, you know, that yeah. you just held up. Okay. But there's other variables that show uh, cancer development, let's say, in the first, you know, five to 10 years before it would ever show up on a colonoscopy. And actually, that's the key. You know, colonoscopy only shows advanced cancers. And the physician I work with actually said the way the scope goes in, they're missing most a lot of the cancers, the way that the scope is designed. Right. And I think that's the big thing to highlight for people listening. I mean, it's not to say that a colonoscopy isn't valuable, but it's only going to exactly. show you something if you're stage, what, two, three, four. And, and at that point, what are you going to do? Uh, you only have so many options. You know, what we're talking about now is, you know, preventing things before it ever gets to that stage. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, colonoscopies do show inflammatory bowel disease, you know, ulcerative colitis, diverticulosis, you know, they will show that. If you have that, these markers will show up as having an issue. So in other words, there are some people who show up who have diverticulosis and we can find that out. And, um, you know, so, so, but most of the time, this stage of the disease, as you're saying, Ryan, is so already so advanced that, that there's not much you can do. Whereas the European poop test, if it comes to that, can actually assess it so early that you can reverse it at that point. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so another question, uh, sticking with inflammation, I mean, we know that a lot of the chronic diseases that plague modern civilization are diseases of lifestyle, diseases of inflammation, outside of just digestive health and, you know, uh, uh, this specific test, would you recommend that, that listeners look for um, other inflammation markers like maybe C-reactive protein or, or things like that in blood tests? Yeah, that's actually, I do um, functional blood chemistry in my office. So most of my clients do this test and the functional test. And I look at fibrinogen C-reactive protein homocysteine as in addition, uh, in conjunction with this test. So we actually do both the functional blood chemistry and this for people that have health conditions. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the next phase. Yes, is, immunology, uh, secretary IgA. Now, this is so important, folks. The CIGA, in his case, is unusual. It could be a little bit higher. Actually, you're right on the market, 65, 100 would be better for Ryan. Um, this is the key of what every European doctor measures because it represents, you know, the GI mucosa is the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. If it is downregulated, and your immune system is affected, 80% of the immune resides in the gut, in the immune system, in the pears, patches. The Swiss people where I live actually work mainly with the gut secretary IgA to improve, to upregulate or downregulate the barrier. It's your sign of immune barrier. If this is upregulated, most of my clients sometimes are 250, 300. It means you are reacting to an antigen that's in already in your body and food allergies would show up, but also gut permeability, which I test as a separate test. So I do either a blood or urine test for gut permeability. But this is the key. If this is out of balance in 99% of the people, either too low, the immune system is not able to recognize the pathogens, or it's too high that it is upregulated and thus causing inflammation. So if CIGA is in alignment, 51 to 100, it means that 
for example, that the winter, in the winter, you could be exposed to anything. Your body, your immune system is intact. It's fighting off the invaders. If it is really overreactive, it's going to miss things. So I have a number of patients we work with naturopathic oncology and they always had really upregulated immune systems so their body was so busy with the leaky gut and with the food it couldn't even detect the cancer cells you know it's like wow. it just means very serious issues for your immune system okay yeah okay. Um, next section is yeah the next one is short chain fatty acids these are wonderful uh, this SCFA, it, especially the butyrate, let's look at Ryan's butyrate level. His is 1.2, could be a little bit higher. What that means is how his good bacteria is being fed. This by these short chain fatty acids are the end product of the feeding. For example, when you eat that sauerkraut or kimchi, it's showing the percentage of how this is fermenting your dietary fiber with your good bacteria. So this is the fuel. The butyrate is one of the key things. If the butyrate should be about 1.5, you know, we're going to improve it by what we do, right? To bring it up more to maybe 2.0, somewhere in the middle, that middle marker from 0.8 to 4.8. But basically, to decrease inflammation, stimulate healing, he's 1.2. Now we're going to bring it up to 2 or higher. It means that when you have those good bacteria working for you and they are fermenting things properly, they're really cooking properly, they're going to be able to detect the pathogens and get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And the billions and billions of bacteria are like a symphony working together for health. Uh, and then the final, yeah. Well, I was just going to point out one thing. When, when we yes. talk about, we, you know, Natural Stacks makes a prebiotic resistant starch complex. And when we talk about that, you know, we're educating our listeners that, that these things are uh, resistant starches passed through the stomach undigested. That's why they're called resistant starches. They're fermented in the colon and in, in, in the, um, you know, the large intestine by the beneficial bacteria. And that uh, byproduct of that fermentation is butyrate so uh, there you go guys and it's from 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 a real doctor and, and scientist not just from us so that's great excellent yes yeah, so you did very well there however we're going to even improve that further with the butyrate and then the intestinal health markers you know again these are key markers so cold blood is the one thing we measure that little square in standard medicine we look for only is the blood already there he's negative if that blood is there it means you're already at an advanced stage disease and your life is severely compromised that's all we look at. Your doctor tells you, here's your poop test. We're looking for a cold blood. Or maybe, you know, there's another test called the Cologuard that just came out, which again is a poop test, but it measures a, a certain part of the DNA. But by the time it catches it, you know, again, it's pretty far advanced. So the pH is critical. You want to be slightly acidic in the pH in the stool, whereas as you, most of you know, the urine needs to be alkaline. This needs to be acidic. And he's doing great there. And the red blood cells often indicate some kind of inflammatory condition if the red blood cells are positive. So we see hemorrhoids. We see other things showing up in people. But there's usually some kind of an infection if it's positive. So he, he has all of that, you know, normal. Now let's go to the next page. This is how this test really shines. I mentioned to you that if you have an, a dysbiotic flora, which he does, the citrobacter frondi, um, let's look at 
the natural antibacterials for Ryan, which ones work and which ones do not. So when you see how the caprylic acid is in the yellow and the others, grapefruit seed extract moves towards the green. Yes, please hold it back a little bit more, Ryan, so you can really see that. They're like that. Yeah, I just want to talk a little bit while he's holding it. Caprylic acid is moderate. It's in the yellow, but in his case, the grapefruit seed extract and the silver go into the green, which means those are the natural agents he needs to take to kill off this particular citrobacter. And for our listeners, caprylic acid is, uh, that's a, an eight-chain carbon uh, fatty acid uh, that we normally call either brain octane or C8 oil that we put in our coffee. So uh, even though that may not be the best recommendation for my specific issue, that is something that we all incorporate in our diet quite a bit. Uh, so that's cool to know. And uh, like Christine said, we'll be moving forward with the grapefruit seed extract. Yes. And what's great is what I, I look for, you know, if for the yeast overgrowth, some patients have four different analytes because we need to look at every single antibacterial that works that has cultured for their particular overgrowth in the yeast and then we implement it by the way two at a time so for example most people take six months and they retest and they're gone i have all these clients that i talk about in my lectures the pink is clear and they're really clear of yeast you know and they're going forward with that and, and just to clarify i mean i only had the one um uh, issues. So, so on this particular page, we really only see one strategy going forward. If, if somebody were to take this test and have different results and have more things that they need to address going forward, there would be more uh, in this section of the, the test and, and they would get more work with you going forward to address those issues. Yes, there would be one page for every bacteria that was found for every okay. yeast. Yeah. Okay. And the final part, what's really great, um, is you will have a right page write-up with all the research for you for every imbalance that's found. So Ryan has pages exactly on his issues, the Clotus dysbium species, the imbalanced flora, the dysbiotic flora, citrobacter, and beneficial. He has everything written up along with the best research data to support him. So there you guys have it. That's, that's my test, um, my results. That's how it would look for you. Uh, you get the data, you get the comprehensive assessment, and you get a plan going forward to address this. Um, you know, Christine and I will be working on my uh, digestive health going forward, and we'll keep you guys updated on that. So a couple other things that, that I want to talk to you about, uh, Christine, questions that maybe we haven't covered yet. Um, so we talked about the components of the test. We talked about what each one means. Um, you know, most people will see, I guess the, the average person may see something a little different from what I saw, but I feel like most of our listeners would see something close to this. Um, one question I didn't ask you as we were going through that, you mentioned the word dysbiosis a few times. What is dysbiosis uh, and, and you know, how does that lead to disease? It's a uh, it's a overgrowth of the pathogenic bacteria. Okay. And how that happens is when our terrain is barren of the good bacteria. Okay. So, um, for example, most people I see have a zero of lacto or bifida of many species and 
the opportunistic pathogenic flora that's found in water, in, in the foods, you know, it's fed by certain foods. It's also, you can pick it up sometimes from environmental agents. Like if you're using a lot of, you know, things that are toxic cleaners and then your immune system gets affected, you put your hand on a surface in a clinic and you pick up a pathogenic bacteria, animals, you know, there's different ways. But the key is that this biotic flora means pathogenic overgrowth in your terrain. And each of those flora is like a Pac-Man going into not just your gut getting inflamed, but every cell of your body getting inflamed. So research shows that this, this biosis is equal to inflammation, not just in the gut, but all the cells of your body, especially the brain cells and the systemic cells. So for example, in Hashimoto's thyroiditis with this thyroid autoimmune disease where the body starts to attack its own thyroid, every patient that we see has at least one to four dysbiotic flora in their body. Rheumatoid arthritis, all autoimmune disease has got permeability combined with dysbiosis. So I guess, would it be safe to kind of look at good bacteria as not only are they beneficial for for their own kind of direct impact but they're also sort of like warriors or fighters that uh, attack pathogens yes exactly and that's and the stronger the terrain which means remember the prebiotics and the actual bacteria that's there. So if you don't have bacteria there, you know, we use this, the species of probiotics together, fight with those that can kill off the pathogenic bacteria. However, if you take prescription drug over the counters, you have high stress. Even if you do all that, the stress factor, which is why I'm using the vagus nerve and biofeedback and we'll post all that, but I have a whole program on affecting the vagus nerve, which affects the microbiome. So we can talk about that later in a future time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to ask you about that right now, actually. So we, we're familiar, we know what the vagus nerve is. We know, you know, yes. we've talked about it before on the show with like cold therapy and, and cryotherapy, stuff like that, breathing, breath work. We've talked about biofeedback in a couple of different ways that we can use it, but I've never heard of it used um, quite the way you're alluding to. What exactly are you doing? Like, what's, what's the biofeedback? I'm, I'm a pioneer in using the heart rate variability testing to increase the rate of the variability because the higher the HRV is, mm -hmm. you know, the more your body is, the more resilient your body is. Mm -hmm. And I'm testing a baseline of, I have an HRV machine in my office. I test the baseline and then I do specific practices that are simple and easy. Like for example, a breathing practice mm -hmm. that will show on my computer. It's a computerized biofeedback, the higher HRV with that practice. And basically that is then going to affect the skin, you know, every organ of the body, and it will actually upregulate the um, anti-inflammatory factors. So the vagus nerve will read that microbiome and the HRV starts to have the vagus nerve regulating the inflammatory factors to just the right level. That is really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about how many bowel movements we should have a day and a little bit of transit time and yes. nutrient or toxin absorption? Yes. So optimally would be two or three bowel movements a day. I mean, there's for people who are constipated, one is a great achievement. Uh, for people who are not constipated or don't have a history, to bring in the right 
fibers and the right amount of vegetables. And, you know, people should really have an increase in fiber then in order to, to, to promote that. And also magnesium deficiency oftentimes stops it. Um, so with the right amount of minerals and the fibers and lots of, you know, the right types of veggies, the greens and some of the smoothies, two to three is optimal. That's what you want, because then you're really releasing also the toxins on a regular basis. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And um, the, what, what is the beet and the charcoal test for? Yes. Uh, so this is the transit time. So I want to say that the optimal transit time is 12 to 24 hours and how you can measure that. Uh, for example, what I read at one of the, um, you know, the, the ingestion markers you can use is beets or you can use charcoal tablets. And after the first bowel movement, the listeners would ingest the marker and record their diet activity and stress for the day. And then they observe the next bowel movement and record the time when that happened um, with that marker. And they can repeat that a couple of times, too. Sometimes people can repeat it two or three times. Just to be clear for the listeners, the, the marker being beets or charcoal is because they will color the stool and you will see when they pass. Yeah, exactly. You want to see the red from the bead or the black from the charcoal. And for some people, actually, you know, they do it a couple of days in a row or they might, if they have two bowel movements, they might do it after the second one just to see, you know, what comes out the next day. But generally once is fine. And if you find that your transit time is less than 12 hours, it means that you actually have malabsorption, that a lot of times there's deficiencies in the cellular nutrition with a transit time of less than 12 hours, which often means liquid stools or diarrhea that can lead to malnourishment. And also the body starts to take everything, the minerals and the nutrients from the bones and you know that it needs just to function. So this is a very serious condition that has to be addressed. Um, so if it if too quickly means malabsorption and it also means, um, very serious deficiency symptoms and too, um, and then too long, if it's over 24 hours means that you're sitting there too long and you're absorbing toxins and, um, it also, it increases inflammation of the colon if it sits there that long and you reabsorb hormones and toxins and you're causing, you know, that can really make a big difference. Yeah. So I know that if, if either of those issues are going on, um, either too fast or too slow, I, I'm sure that there's a whole host of things that could contribute to that. But yes, as a broad tip, what would you tell a listener who may fall into either of those categories? Like how, how would we fix too slow? How would we fix too fast? Well, too slow, we need to look at the bacteriology. I mean, that both, both of them actually, we need to look at the bacteria. So I think the stool test would tell us more information. I mean, if it's too slow, you can increase your fiber Okay. Do some of the drinks that you're talking about or the greens, increase your greens. You're, you know, really up your fiber, 30 grams, 40 grams a day or more. Okay. Um, and, and, and try flaxseed, you know, different seeds like that. Make sure your magnesium is adequate. Mm -hmm. I recommend that, you know, I'm sure you guys sell some type of magnesium citrate. Um, to, so, so it's easy to increase it if it's too slow. That's easier than if it's too fast, then I would really be concerned 
about an underlying issue. So when it's too fast, you can't really yourself, you need the expert guidance of okay. someone. Okay, so would, would too fast, uh, would that be leaky gut or, or could it be other things? It could be, it could be yeast overgrowth, bacteria, leaky gut. Um, it also has to do with the fats, the types of fats you're eating. Okay. It, you know, if you are already very inflamed and you have a parasite, that may not show up. By the way, I just want most parasites do not show up on standard testings. Doctors' data has been unique in their parasitology assessment, which we'll talk about at the end. That this is an option add-on. Yes, um, and you did not chose not to do that. Right, we did not. So before we we really talk about that, I, I want to go back to the to the magnesium. You mentioned magnesium citrate. The magnesium compound that, that we sell is MagTech. We use magnesium L3 and 8, which is the only magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier. And we use glycinate and taurate for better absorption. And, yeah. and citrate, as you know, and, and probably why you mentioned it, is that it is one that facilitates bowel movements. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, and that's the reason why I mentioned it. I think right. all forms of magnesium are critical, what you guys are doing. This would facilitate the um, ability of the stool to, you know, move it, more. I think if it's too, right. too slow. Magnesium citrate is well known as, as a laxative. I mean, if you look at yeah. like milk of magnesia or, or any other laxatives, you're going to usually see. Yes. Citrate. Yes, okay. exactly. Perfect. So then let's talk about this. Um, I, we, you, you guys have not heard previously about the parasitology and that's because it's not in my results. I didn't do the parasitology, but it is an option. Um, and Christine has actually put together a really, really cool um, offer for you guys. This test is normally $1,000. Uh, is that right, Christine? Yes. And, mm -hmm. and you guys yeah. have the ability to do this for $697, or you can attach the parasitology for $797. And we'll have a link on the Natural Stacks website, the blog post for this show, where you guys can click and go immediately to Christine's site and, and get this test for yourself. Uh, we'll also give Christine a chance uh, in a few minutes to tell you where her site is and all that stuff. Um, but let's talk about the parasitology, Christine. What, what is that? Why is it important? Yes, uh, you know, parasites are so prevalent now and they oftentimes do not cause symptoms. It's amazing to me how, I mean, you know, if you travel to a third world country, of course, if you get a parasite there, sometimes you get severe diarrhea or some other, you know, bloating and so on. But I have found that people have visited these countries and had an episode or some type of reaction. And then it sort of went dormant, you know, like the biofilm can actually hide the parasite. So this is important. We all, the biofilm is almost like a protective layer of different bacteria that hide parasites. So they don't show up often on a regular parasite test. The doctor's data has ways to get around all of that. So I have seen hidden parasites that people thought they never had come out in the stool, in the parasitology. And we can then use natural agents hmm. or more drastic means depending on what's needed. But I think that can really be, you know, people walk around with all types of parasites. If they're healthy, they might not have any symptoms. You know, one of my favorite uh, nutrition experts is Anne Louise Gittleman. She's the one that first talked about the lemon in warm water. That's why I've done that for so long. And she's been a previous podcast guest um, for us. And when she was on our show, she said that as many as eight in 10 people, I just looked this up while you were giving that answer because I knew she said it, but I couldn't remember the exact number. But eight in 10 may have unwanted parasites. 
Yes, from guess who came to dinner, right? Anne is one of my mentors. I loved learning with her. And I would say that for most listeners, and in the future, I would even recommend it for you to add that parasitology. So we're offering that as an add-on on the website. Yeah, I will and definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody else is coming to dinner in, in my, at my party. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, Christine, we, we talked about a lot. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about the tests. We've talked about a lot of these benefits, um, protecting the microbiome. Uh, where can our listeners get more of you? Uh, where can they order the test for themselves? Yes, so go to um, my website is digestivehealth.center. So www.digestivehealth.center, C-E-N-T-E-R. And um, the number at our center is 650-856-3151. And we will also have everything posted, you know, on there in terms of the differences because the, um, I want to mention that the parasitology is a three-day consecutive stool collection and what Ryan did is a one-day stool collection for the basic panel. So those are the two. And we offer, you know, the other part is we really offer the listeners to um, then when the test is finished, uh, we consult and then we continue on depending on what people need with the retest and we do that, you know, very customized programs for what is needed with their gut health. I think that's one of the coolest things is to me that stands out about what you're doing and and this test. I mean, the test itself is incredibly comprehensive. Uh, You know, I've learned things about my health and what these markers mean that that I was not aware of. Um, But also, you know, that you guys come with uh, strategies to move forward and, you know, that, that that's what we're doing. So, you know, it's not like, you know, I've done 23andMe or, or some other tests before where I get these results and I'm like, okay, well, what does this mean? What am I going to do with this? You know, this is very action oriented and, and there is a plan here. So I really like that. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Christine, before we let you go, we got to ask you the question that every guest answers um, at the end. We want to know your top three tips to live optimal. Yes, and number one is eat 100% organic food. Um, And I think because of the glyphosate input right now, the revolution of this, um, you know, you really need to be 100% certified organic. And the other one is movement, move every day. And the third one is breathing gratitude and, you know, live your passion and every day, um, you know, be grateful. Do a gratitude journal. Take time out for your listening to your, your heart. I love it. Those are great. Uh, what's your favorite type of movement? What kind of movement do you do? I do both a combination of hiking and Pilates. Okay. So um, I do um, what I find yoga. Mm-hmm. Feldenkrais um, is excellent. I think Pilates with yoga combined, and especially the flow yoga, the yin yoga, and then being able to go into nature. One, one important thing, do earthing. Spend an hour a day in nature, critical. Yes, and that's really good for your microbiome too, right? Yes, yes. Earthing replenishes the microbiome. And by the way, the EMFs, I have found that all of the people that use a, a um, Fitbit 
and let's say carry a computer on their body all day, they're lysozyme, the inflammation markers are in the thousands now. So doctor's data is collaborating with me. When we go back to the inflammation markers here, I want to mention that the, um, the lysozyme, which is the third one down, that his is less than 10 on the Fitbit wearers and the wearers of it's some type of EMF device all day and all night for most people is in two to 3,000 on the lysozyme. So there's some type of interrelationship now that I'm studying with the EMF exposure the devices you're wearing and the gut responding, our whole terrain responding with an upregulated inflammation marker. You know what? I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's that's really, really fascinating to be able to correlate some hard scientific data to this. Um, I'm not sure. I know you said you've, you've listened to some of our previous shows. I'm not sure if you heard the one. And, and if you guys listening have not heard the one uh, that we did with Katie Singer, um, you know, she wrote uh, the book, An Electronic Spring uh, or, or Silent Spring, and it's the, the podcast was all about the connection between Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and EMFs and, and how they're correlating to, you know, uh, brain cancer and, and a whole host of other issues. And it was actually uh, as we were recording that episode, I was still wearing a Fitbit and I asked her, you know, we, we, we started talking about limiting our exposure, increasing the distance, um, you know, from the body to the cell phone or whatever. And I said, you know, what about this? thing that is directly in contact with my skin. And based on her answer, I actually took my Fitbit off as we were recording the show and I have not put it back on since then. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, maybe I'll wear it uh, for, the, for a month before we do the next stool test and see what happens. Um, or maybe not, maybe, maybe that's not worth it, but it, it it's, is, it's very interesting to see that you're able to correlate uh, some, some hard data to that. Yes, I, cor I absolutely have correlated this EMF exposure. And also, I want to mention colonics just very briefly that many of my clients have asked, what about a colonic? You know, should I do it? It also wipes out all the beneficial flora. And I don't recommend colonics unless highly supervised, like in a European colonic institute, you know, where they have the most advanced. So we're, I know that's a different topic. So, yeah. but just to mention, when you mentioned the lysozyme is that again, you know, colonics keep coming up in the Fitbit wearers and they say, is this good for me to do? And of course it's all individual, but generally speaking, it wipes everything up. Wow. So well, we got an extra bonus one. Christine, yes. this, this has been an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for, for being here and sharing all this information uh, for you guys listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for spending some time with us. Make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video for this. Um, I'll put my test results on there. We'll have the link to go to Christine's website to get this test for yourself. Uh, again, she's got an amazing deal uh, offer for you guys. $6.97 for the test, $7.97 for this test, plus the parasitology. Uh, this is normally over $1,000. Um, so uh, again, Christine, thanks for being here. This has been great. Been a pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Yep. Uh, if you guys are listening, that's it. Thanks for thanks again for hanging out with us. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes, um, leave us a five star review, share the OPP with the people that you know who will enjoy and benefit from what we've talked about today, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Thursday. <laughs>